0: number one, what makes you different from other producers? Like, what is that one thing that's going to attract those artists or rappers to you specifically out of all the millions of YouTube producers that are already out there and Instagram? Like, what's going to make them pay attention to you? You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing differently? Is your sound really unique? Is it something about you as a person maybe it's like actually physically like how you look or how you dress your aesthetic or maybe you just have a personality that draws people in
1: Hey, what's up? This is Gabe from Legion Beats and Midi Money, which is where we help music producers start, grow, and scale their music production businesses. Now, if you'd like to learn more about how I was able to turn Legion Beats into a profitable business and how you can join our community of hundreds of producers, all working towards that same goal, head over to midimoney.com slash go. All right, guys, welcome to the Midi Money podcast. Super excited. Today we have Cato. I'm sure many many of you are familiar with him, but maybe uh, for the few that don't, could you give just like a quick background on who you are, what you do?
0: Yeah, what's up, Gabe? Um, I'm a producer, entrepreneur. I have produced for multi-platinum Grammy nominated artists, guys like Joyner Lucas, BOB, uh, K Camp, Tory Lanes, Master Killa, Deck from Wu-Tang Clan. I used to be signed to an independent label called Funk Volume. So worked with Hobson, Dizzy Wright, Jerem Benton, got a lot of experience kind of on the independent side of the music industry. And that's really how I started kind of getting my name out as a producer and building my own brand. Uh and now I just, you know, sit on Twitter and Instagram and post shit all day. <laughs>
1: Make it sound, make it sound so simple. Um, Yeah. I mean, for anybody that doesn't know, you know, you, you crush it online with, you know, incredible with the branding, um, you know, social media. We were talking a little bit about this, uh, about a launch you did recently with the course. Um, So you're, you're heavy on the, uh, on both sides, you know, both sides, as far as like industry and I don't know, let's say entrepreneur, which actually I guess might be kind of an interesting question. I feel like there used to be like this bigger division, right? Where it's almost like you're an industry producer or you're like a entrepreneur producer or like internet producer. And it seems like that's, yeah, it seems like it's changing, right? I'm curious, what what what's your take on somebody who's had success on both sides uh, as far as,
0: you know, what, what do you think about that? I mean, bro, it's been such a crazy journey for the last 14 years of my career. I kind of started out more on, I guess, what you would call the industry side of just being in the studios with these artists, recording a lot of music. You know, obviously, I, I was signed a funk volume, so I had the opportunity to work with a lot of artists re- very closely kind of on the independent level and, you know, tour with them. And so, um and then, you know, once... Instagram and Twitter and social media started happening. Then I started getting active on that side because I saw what the artists that I was working with, how they were adapting to it and how they were building their following online. And I was like, okay, so I need to start doing that. Like that's the new wave. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, it's, it's just been a learning. It's just been a a learning curve of like just expanding my skill sets and understanding my brand and knowing how to communicate that and tell that to an audience uh while staying busy and active on the music side so it's it's a lot bro i won't lie to you bro i feel like
1: if you're if you're a
0: business owner
1: like you wear a bunch of different hats if you're a producer you wear a bunch of different hats and then if you're a producer and an entrepreneur at the same time like there's so many there's so many things to do i'm curious as far as just in that same theme like do you feel like those two those two sides of things like are in conflict with each other. They help each other out as far as like, you know, the industry stuff and like the entrepreneur side of things.
0: You know, I will say sometimes it's hard to, to balance, right? Because when you're so busy on the business side, you know, trying to scale your actual business and make money from your art and your craft and your brand, uh, it's hard to stay focused on the music, So it kind of comes in waves, you know, as of where, whereas before when I was just focused on being the best producer that made the dopest beats, I would literally just sit in a room and work on music all day, you know, didn't have to think about my business or like, you know, sending out emails or posting on social media, but that has definitely changed. So I'm still trying to learn the balance of, that how to balance the music with the business side but i think the key really for me has been building a team you know like i'm sure you understand because you have a team of like how important it is to keep the right people around you who are really good at what they do so that you guys can kind of lean on each other bounce ideas back and forth and scale both sides of that you know at the same time huge bro it's it's
1: there's no way i'd be doing you know half, a quarter, an eighth of the stuff that I've been doing, you know, if it's if, impossible. If, you can't. Yeah. Um, what about okay, so let's say for like a producer, they're maybe in, you know, the little earlier stages. They're not quite Cato yet. As far as a team, like how how do how do you approach that as far as like your first hire, knowing when to hire, or what like what role that person might play?
0: Or or how did you do it? So for me, I I recently started hiring um at towards the end of last year. So it's still even kind of new to me. But the first thing I did was I just asked myself, what do I need? You know, what's yeah. the most important component of that thing that I need to, to build and scale my business for what I'm trying to do? And this is going to be different for everyone, right? Because not everyone's going to try to do the same things that I do. Same with you. So you know, I just asked myself, what's the most important thing that I need? And at that time, it was just someone to kind of handle some of the administrative stuff that I have. Basic things like checking emails and responding to people, scheduling meetings and appointments and podcasts and interviews and stuff like that, making sure that I stay organized with my schedule because I'm not particularly good at that. And I I know that, you know, so Uh, you know, just started, starting, started small with an intern, um, that I brought on to help me, to help me book my tour that I had going on at the same time, my sound advice tour, which, you know, I was going city to city, booking all these dates, setting up these in studio experiences for artists, producers and songwriters. And so I just needed an extra hand on deck to kind of be the go between, between me and the venues, helping me with booking that kind of stuff. And then I was like, okay, so I have that, what else do I need? And then one one thing that I've always wanted to do was build an in-house team of producers. So I was like, number one, I have so many things going on that it's hard for me to just sit in my room and make beats all day. So how can I bring some more creative minds on where we can like collectively make music, bounce ideas off of each other, And so I started signing producers. So literally hit up my lawyer. I was like, hey, let's get some paperwork going and started reaching out to some producers that I really liked. Um, And one of them I actually met on my tour in Las Vegas and I ended up signing him. So nice. So yeah, signed Danny and uh, brought on my other guy, Silence, and just started building the in-house team of producers. And now we're like more productive than ever on the music side. And I still have like, you know, the, the business side scaling at the same time. Yeah.
1: No, that's dope. I think there's, yeah, a few, a few things in there. One is like figuring out, okay, what, what do you need at this point? Like what are you know, what are the, the holes that are, that need to be filled or like what, what are you spending too much of your time on? That you don't um, want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe like you said, maybe it's also the things that, you know, there's two, uh, one way to look at it is like, well, what are the things that maybe you're not as good at? Like you're talking about the scheduling and the organizing You know, and then the other side is like, okay, what is, what is the stuff in my business that is, you know, has a high return on investment, but maybe I can't do as much anymore. So like, for example, getting the producers on the team and stuff like that. So I think those are both like different ways to approach it. That both make sense as far as, you know, building the squad up and and allows you to kind of build to a level that again, you couldn't do it on your own, right?
0: Yeah, bro. And it's hard because for so long in my career, I was just so like, I was a one man band for like the first for the first like 12, 13 years of my career. So that was another adjustment that I had to make in my mind was like, all right, now I need to start delegating some of these responsibilities. Whereas before, you know, if I needed a graphic done or if I needed my videos edited, I would just sit there and do it all myself. Now it's like, all right, I have someone to do this for me. Now I got to create the environment and a system where they can do their job effectively Um, And I don't have to worry about it. So that was like a whole different thing. (laughs) It was just, you know, you learn Um, things as you go. And so that's why I say this whole 14 year, it's been a journey, you know, for these past 14 years.
1: No, brother. Yeah. There's like so much, so much to unpack in there. But yeah, even just, just the fact of like, as you evolve or I'll speak for myself, as I evolve in my, in my business, in my journey, like I always have to like keep Kind of like becoming a different person, right? Because really, like, or at least at least learning new skills. Like, for example, it's one thing to be able to make beats, to be able to make graphics, to be able to do all that kind of stuff. The skill set of hiring and delegating and managing and motivating and inspiring and you know all that stuff, uh, you know, a team is an entirely different skill set. You know, it requires to be a leader in a different way to have, you know, a different type of organization to be much more conscious of, you know, the way that you communicate and to learn to, to uh, understand people better, because different, because here's the other thing too, is different people are motivated differently, different, you know, so you have to like, you know, that's its whole own thing too. But to me, it's kind of fun. It's exciting because every time I kind of level up, it's like, okay, I like, I have to take on this entirely different skill set I have to like essentially grow as a person, become a different person. So I actually think it's kind of dope, but it is, very different and i think sometimes another thing too like you mentioned of being that that one man band like i think there's sometimes like this pride in that like especially with producers because it's like as producers like we're we're smart like we we you got to figure out a lot to be a producer right and so there's some pride sometimes, like oh, I do everything. I answer every email. I do and every DM. I post everything. It's like it's like yeah, cool, bro. Like that's that's great to start, and that's and that's gonna help you too when you do grow your team if you understand it from the start. Like do it first. But uh, at a certain point, you know, you,
0: you're gonna need that help because you realize you hit a ceiling. You know, you hit yeah. a ceiling for how much you can do on your own. And once you realize that, then it's like, all right, I've I have to, you know, kind of look, put my ego aside and recognize that in order to get to that next level, I have to have a team, you know, have to have a team. That's, that's essential. So yeah, once I hit that, once I hit that ceiling, it was, uh, it was humbling. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. And and
1: I'll say one more thing before we move on. He's just like, something important I think you said was like once you hit that ceiling and so like as much as like we've just been preaching about like how important a team is one thing I always want to preach to is like I also see people use it as an excuse you know like like man I started six months ago I'm not where I need to be if only I had the team that you had and it's like nah bro that's that's not how it works right it's like you wait till you have the need and now you don't have the capacity you know you've built the need for you know more producers you've built the need for somebody to manage your schedule like you, you create that need first yes then you fill it right
0: yeah and like you said the problem is that people find the the excuses first before they even get to that point. Before they're even anywhere near that point, they find the excuse of like, oh, well, I need a team, I need this, I need a budget, I need a label, I need a manager, I need, you know, other artists, I need other producers. And all of that is out there ready for you to take advantage of, but you have to get yourself to like that 50% first, you know, and then someone can step in and help you get to seventy five percent, and then get to a hundred percent. You know, but no one's gonna like step in when you're at one, two, three percent. You know, when you have barely even put in the work or the time, and wanna like be as motivated as you to help you get to that next level. You know, it just doesn't happen like that. So, yeah, you got to get yourself to a certain point first.
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, okay, so now you're at this point. You got. You got the squad, you've accomplished all these things on the industry side, the entrepreneur side, all that kind of stuff. I'm curious if you were, if you were starting today, so the way the marketplace is, the, you know, the way things are today, you have the knowledge you have, but you don't have the the brand name recognition, you don't have the team, you don't have a big marketing budget. Um, what do you think? How would how would you approach, you know, becoming Cato again from scratch, if that, if that makes sense?
0: um man you're like
1: don't i don't want to (laughs) took over a decade don't make me yeah i
0: know right (laughs) shit not that i would ever want to start again but
1: you know what's funny is i feel like it's there's so much there's so much that goes all right i've been doing this for all together almost almost 20 years um but like there's so much that goes into it. so much work so it's hard man it's so much that i think if i knew how hard it was I I wouldn't have ever started, but like when you start, you're all optimistic is whatever. And so, and I'm so grateful that I did like, I'm grateful that I didn't realize how hard it would be so that, you know, each step of the way was like, Oh, this is going to be great. And it's like, all right, it's a little harder than I thought, but it's still fun and I'm learning and I'm growing. And then, and then that just keeps progressing. So it's like, it's almost a blessing not to know.
0: (laughs) No, that's the, that's a fact. And I feel like, you know, That sense of like just being open to learning and, and exploring and making mistakes and being along for the ride. That is because I'm at a different stage now than I was when I was 18. You know, I'm, I'm 33 now and my priorities now are way different than what they were before. And my response, my level of responsibility is like way higher. So yeah, I think. I always tell people if you're like in your 20s or even 18, 19, you should be going as hard. You should be going stupid every single day, just trying things, making mistakes, like being open to, to failing and having new experiences. Um, because I'm selling you, bro, once you get to your late 20s and 30s, once you hit thirty. You're not going to want to do the same shit that you were doing when you're 18 or 20. You know what I mean? And you're most likely going to be a little bit more jaded. You're going to have like more responsibilities and you're not going to want to make those sacrifices that it, that it really takes, you know? And to me, when you're young, it's, it's easy to make those sacrifices because you're only thinking about like, the end goal <laughs> like you're just you just have the blinders on and that's all you're really thinking about so but you just become much more uh i guess of a realist when you get a little older um so it's harder to make those sacrifices but
1: yeah the stakes the stakes sometimes get a little higher too if you got maybe you got a family a mortgage or what you know whatever it can it can be it can be more of a challenge for sure way more
0: way more but yeah, if I had to start the journey over again at this stage, oh shit. I don't know, man. I I don't know if I would do it. <laughs>
1: that's fair.
0: Honestly, that's
1: I that's the answer. That's doing. fair. <laughs> um okay. What about um just to switch gears a little bit? Um so something that like I feel like I get asked all the time comes up so much confusion about it. I hear you talk about it. Maybe we could get like the the Cato breakdown of like royalties, right? Performing rights organizations, uh, digital distributors, uh, you know, publishing administration, like all that kind of stuff. Is there, is there like, can you give us, like, I feel like you're really good at, at, uh, at breaking this down, like from the perspective, you know, mainly, mainly our audience here is producers. So from a producer's perspective, how does that work? What's important
0: as a producer, I would say, you know, so generally it's a four-step process, right? It's, being with distributing your own music through one of the many distributors out there, CD Baby, TuneCore, United Masters, whatever. And then the second one is registering with a PRO, affiliating with a collection society. Um, So here in the States, that's ASCAP, BMI, or CSEC. The third one is getting a pub admin. um, And those are like global royalties, both on the performance side and... Uh, the mechanical royalties as well, which is mostly generated from streaming. And then the last one is sound exchange, which comes into play when you own your own masters, you're releasing music, it m- maybe gets on like Sirius XM radio or Pandora, internet radio, that kind of stuff. As a producer, I would say the most important one out of those three is pub admin. Absolutely. Because let's say you sell a beat to an artist um, typically, when you sell exclusive rights, or even if you lease it, right, and that artist puts it out, gets on all the streaming platforms, hopefully you've still retained your publishing as a producer. And so that's when you will start to collect publishing royalties is when that music is out, it's released, people are streaming it on Apple Music, Spotify, all these platforms, it's generating publishing royalties. And so a company like SongTrust, SongTrust is who I use to administer my publishing. Um, they're going to be the ones that are going to go out there, collect all of your publishing royalties, both from the performance side and the mechanical side. Um, a lot of producers think, oh, if I'm just if I'm affiliated with a PRO, whether it's ASCAP or BMI, then I'm good. That's all I need. The reality is you're probably only collecting half, if that, of your total royalty pot um, because performance royalties are just one of the many different types of royalties on the publishing side. So you have like micro sync royalties, which are generated from like YouTube. And then you have mechanical royalties, which is primarily now streaming from these streaming platforms. So if you know for a fact that a song that you produced is getting a lot of streams on Spotify and you don't have a pub admin, you are absolutely missing out on a big, big chunk of your royalties.
1: Got it. So, like, like BMI or ASCAP isn't isn't collecting all those. You need like a song trust to get
0: all of them. Yes, because BMI and ASCAP are performance rights organizations, um, so they only collect performance royalties. They're not touching mechanical royalties. Got it. And and what, what, uh, what does that mean exactly? What is performing? Like what counts as a performance? So performance royalties is like if your music gets streamed, um, placed in a TV show or a commercial or a film, a movie, um, or even if it's like publicly streamed or performed in a concert venue or in a restaurant or a bar, uh, that's where performance royalties comes in. If we're talking about streaming platforms like DSPs, like Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff, some of that is performance royalties, but that's mostly mechanical royalties. And so if your music, that's why I say, if your music is on these platforms getting a lot of streams and you're not with a pub admin, you're missing out on a big portion of your royalties. Got you, got you, okay. That's that's big right there.
1: What's um? Do you do you have a link or something you want to throw out there for if people want to find Songtrust?
0: Yeah, so I actually have a um, a discount code um, for Songtrust, and Songtrust to me is out there. the best and easiest pub admin because anyone can go sign up. Um, you pay a hundred dollars one time, and you can then they basically start administering all your publishing. You collect a hundred percent of you you keep you retain a hundred percent of your publishing rights, they only take a 15% commission off whatever they collect. So totally worth it. Um, If anyone goes to my Instagram profile and click the link in my profile, I have a link at the bottom um, of my link tree that uh, where you can find the 20% off promo code to sign up. Um, So super easy to start doing it with SongTrust. Dope.
1: What's what's the IG handle for anybody who doesn't
0: know? Kato Producer, K A T O Producer.
1: Dope, dope. Um cool. No, I think that's I think that's huge because uh yeah, there's a lot a lot missing there. So, digital distribu- distributor like a TuneCore, CD Baby, DistroKid, right? Pub admin like Songtrust, hit the link in your bio, go grab that one. P- do you also need a PRO or does a pub admin cover the PRO too?
0: Yeah. So you definitely need a PRO as well. Um, But if you register with SongTrust and you're not with a PRO, they'll automatically affiliate you with one. Okay. So as long as you have that SongTrust step covered, then it'll kind of kill two birds with one stone. Um, But yeah, you're still going to collect your writer's share of performance royalties through your PRO, whether it's ASCAP or BMI. uh, SongTrust is only going to collect your publisher's share for you. Um, so yeah, you definitely got to have both. Okay. Okay. Dope. Um,
1: yeah, that's one that I get all the time. Oh, I'll, 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 one more and then we'll get at it. I know this is like kind of the dry stuff, but it's just something people ask a lot. And I feel like you're, you're good at explaining it. Um, as far as copywriting, you know, like, do you really need to go to copyright.gov and copyright your stuff? I know there's different. Different views. I'm curious what's what's your take? If you're a producer, you're putting your beats out there. Let's say to sell beats online, maybe you're you're sending them out for uh, licensing opportunities and placements. Should you should you be going to copyright.gov or whatever?
0: So based on the the conversations that I've had with many different attorneys and lawyers and entertainment attorneys, it's always you know it doesn't hurt to to register your music, whether it's songs or beats with the copyright office, right? Because that's going to protect you for in case you run into any kind of future litigation. If you're if someone steals your music and you take them to court and you have your music copyrighted, formally copyrighted, um, then you have a much, much higher chance of that decision going to your favor. Is it necessary? No. You don't have to copyright your music to put it out. You don't have to copyright your music to send it to artists, to send your beats to artists or to put it on beat stars or to even have your music on streaming platforms. It's not necessary to do that. Um, it's just kind of that extra step that's going to protect you in case of any future litigation. Now, I've been fortunate enough where I've never had to copyright my music. And it's never been stolen. I've never had to take anyone to court. I've never had to prove in a in a federal court that this person stole my music or my beat, um, and I'm suing them for a million dollars. Here's my you know copyright certificate. I've never had to do that in my 14 years of making music. So uh, yeah. maybe I should knock on wood, but <laughs> I've gotten lucky, I guess.
1: No, I feel it. Yeah, same. And 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 um, yeah, my understanding is like you you create that work you know, it's your intellectual property. You own the copyright, but it's just that extra step of protection in that very rare case, right? Where you are suing somebody, it's one more part of your argument of like, hey, I did actually- Yeah, but here's the thing, bro.
0: Is like, anytime I get that question from artists or producers, and then I like go check out their profile, see what they're doing. It's always from someone who is clearly not even at the stage where they should even be thinking about that. If they have like a list of things that they should be doing, that's maybe like number 105 on the list of stuff that they should be concerned about. Yes. It's like there's so many other things that you should be worrying about before copywriting your music, in my opinion, right? And if you talk to a lawyer or an attorney, they might say it differently. But I've actually been through the grind of like what it's like to be a producer trying to claw your way up to the top. And, like, there's so many other things that your focus and time and attention should be on before you start worrying about, all right, how do I copyright my beats or my music? So, you know, that's the thing that kind of bothers me when whenever people ask me that question is like, all right, I mean, yeah, you can do that. But, like, what... (laughs) what, what else are you doing? You know, it's like, are you doing everything else that you need to be doing? So, dude, no, I'm, I'm so glad you you said that because it's, it's, uh, I think it's
1: classic for, for, you know, producers, um, really, really for anybody like starting a business or whatever, like to get caught up on the wrong things, right. To get caught up on, I don't know, whatever is my logo. Perfect. Uh, did I copyright all this? You know, do I have like uh, you know, uh, whatever, like all this stuff, do I have my LLC set up? Um, you know, I'm like all these things that I do hear those questions asked a lot. And it's like, bro, just like, just like you said, it's like, yeah, sure. Like worry about that when that comes up, but you're nowhere near there. Like, you know, start from like, you know, building your brand, start from like making sure you have a good product. Like your music is good, you know, start from like actually figuring out how can you have some kind of process where you can turn somebody from not knowing who you are into, you know, being aware of you and then a, a, you know, and then a fan and then eventually, you know, some kind of business exchange, you know, turn that person into a customer, like work on that. And then now you've got that in place. Okay. Now work on like, just you know, sort of like what we said before with the team, right? Like the, the need for those kinds of things happen when you build something first, it's not the other way around. Otherwise you're spending all day on stuff that doesn't even matter yet. Like, LLC, like bro, I did. I I formed an LLC like what two years ago for the first time. Yeah, like, exactly.
0: Me too. It's like yeah. we're we're you know we're like decades in, and these are things that we only started doing at the tail end of our careers. You know, based on where we are right now. So it's like worry about the things that are going to actually move the needle first. Yes. Let let all the other stuff like just chill out and wait like let them take a back seat
1: huge huge um man let's jump into some of the you know what are those priorities um you know I think well yeah I'll let you I'll let you take it. what 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 just I'm sure there's a few different but like okay i'm a, I'm newish I'm not going to worry about my LLC or copywriting like what what might be a good place to 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 start spending some time on
0: I always tell creatives, number one is the music yeah have to have a good product you have to you know and that that goes for like any any type of business or any type of service if you're starting anything it has to be good enough to compete with everything else especially if the industry is as saturated as the music industry you know everyone and their mom is making beats and putting them online you know so as a producer you got to make sure that your shit is like top tier secondary from that I would say let me yeah
1: my bad while you think about the next one let me I just want to comment on that like it's so like I I agree right like if you're if you're working on a business because like first of all if you don't realize that you as a producer are a business then like that's step one like you got to recognize if you want to do this for a living if you're doing this as a hobby cool like then then you're not a business but and and if your product is garbage it's it's not going to go very far so like super important at the same time to get just like a little nuance there just like when we're talking about building the team i think it's also can be an excuse where it's like as artists we're like perfectionists as producers we're you know like oh man like you know as soon as i get like 10 beats that i love then then i'm gonna do this next thing then i'm gonna you know launch my beat store or whatever and then it's like 10 beats later okay yeah no those are garbage but the next 10 and the next 10 and like you know so i just i think there is a balance there too of like being afraid to launch and being afraid to put like I don't think it means don't put your stuff out there until you think you're the best in the world, right? It's like put the stuff out there, get feedback, keep getting better, put the stuff out there, get feedback, keep getting better. So don't don't have that in in my opinion, like don't have that be the excuse to to just not even put the stuff out there.
0: Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. You can't get in your own way of like doing the other things to make sure that you're you're actually making progress and putting your music out there and people are finding, finding your beats and knowing who you are, you know?
1: Yeah. And I feel like it's part of the process too, cause it's you getting better. But if you just lock yourself in your bedroom or studio, whatever, like, honestly, you're only going to get so good. Like you have to get feedback from people, whether if that's your music or your content or anything else, like you're not going to get better, you know, by yourself, you need, you need to get that feedback from people to, to kind of see, you know, what works and what doesn't, in in, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And man, the second thing, see, the second step is always hard for me because depending on what you want to do as a producer, right? There's so many different lanes and type of career as a producer that you could pursue. Right. You know, you could be one of those guys like selling beat packs and sample packs. Like my dude Dcap is killing it with his Drums That Knock. Drums That Knock, yep and that's been i'm sure an amazing ride for him uh you could be one of those producers that just sells beats shout, online shout
1: out to decap by the way that guy's one of the nicest coolest dudes i ever met he actually came over here he was over at the uh, uh at the studio um so yeah shout out decap
0: yeah decap's the homie man super good dude and his beats fucking knock like <laughs> he, he is a producer <laughs> it's not a lie he is still a producer at the end of the day But if you wanna sell beats online, or if you wanna be like in the studio working with these artists, or if you wanna do a combination of all those things, you have to learn the business. You have to understand the marketing side, you have to understand the branding side, you have to understand your sound, or you have to be really good at networking and just getting in the right circles and getting your beats to the right people. I mean, it's just like that step two is, probably going to take longer to learn how to do than the first couple years of like learning how to get really good at making music and making beats
1: no it makes sense because i feel like there's like step two it's almost like there's like each each one of those roads like all have a lot to it right like if you do want to sell kits, if you do want to sell beats online if you do want to do placements if you do want to do licensing for you know tv and film like if you want to teach like whatever, like all those different things each kind of have, you know, you can learn, you can learn about each one of those for the rest of your life. So, um, but I do think one thing I'll say for me is like what I thought I wanted to do, you know, 10 years ago is different than what I realized five years ago and three years ago and two years ago. And sometimes like for me, like I didn't know until I tried different things and then was like, Oh damn. Okay. I didn't even like, bro. Like now I'm like, I'm like the marketing guy, like, bro, five five years ago certainly 10 years ago like i was just in the studio like that's it like i i didn't think of myself in in that way at all i didn't like this i didn't think it would ever be anything i'd be good at or i'd like or anything like that but you know i kind of took things as they came was like oh let me try this out and and ended up you know really embracing it now i'm you know now i'm all all about kind of the entrepreneurship and marketing stuff but i guess i just say that to say like on that step two of like where to go like I feel like don't don't feel like you need to already know and also like try, just try different things because you never know what, what you're going to like. So
0: I guess that step two would really be like, try, try different things. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I was the same way as you. I I I didn't see myself in this position, you know, five, even five years ago. Like, what? No, I was just making <laughs> music. I was just in the studio working with artists and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a result, me being here right now is a result of just trying and tasting different things and, and failing, making mistakes and learning, oh, okay, this is what entrepreneurship is. I actually like this cause it's like a challenge, you know, I'm always down for a challenge and it's yeah. something new every day, never gets boring. Like, you know, so I enjoy the entrepreneurial side, which is why you and I are, are where we are today. You know what I mean? So. I think that's
1: definitely a good point for sure. And you touched on, uh, you know, we're on sort of like, let's say step two here. You know, one of the things is like, okay, let's say probably for, I would actually argue for any of those, those paths that we talked about, that branding is one thing that's super important that whether if you are selling beats online, selling kits online, being an influencer, like whatever it is, branding, I feel like is something that, um, that you do a really really good job at in fact I know you just you just released a, a course about it so man maybe we can talk about branding a little bit in fact I was just on a Instagram I had people ask uh, some questions um and so I had one right here that that maybe we can squeeze in which is um, specifically about content which is a piece of of branding right uh, a 100 drums asked uh, what advice would you have about creating content that attracts rappers
0: that attracts rappers.
1: Um, or even to zoom out, you know, how do you think about content? And then we could, we could get there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I like that he took it an extra step and he knows exactly like why he wants to build an audience and put out content because he's trying to attract this particular audience. I think that's the first step is like, all right, what are you trying to do? Like, who are you trying to attract to your brand and your music? I think that's the first thing is just like. Understanding your story and I guess how that translates to a producer is, number one, what makes you different from other producers? Like, what is that one thing that's going to attract those artists or rappers to you specifically out of all the millions of YouTube producers that are already out there and Instagram? Like, what's going to make, make them pay attention to you? You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing differently? Is your sound really unique? Is it something about you as a person? Maybe it's like actually physically, like how you look or how you dress, your aesthetic, or maybe you just have a personality that draws people in. You know what I mean? I think one thing that I did kind of early on in my career, because I was trying to do the same thing. I was like, just started my beat store. I wanted to start building an audience of like artists that I could sell my beats to, right? And so the first thing I did was I started an online rap contest called No Sucker MCs. And that was- You might've heard about it. You might've heard about it.
1: (laughs) Kind of a big deal.
0: (laughs) But I started that like eight years ago. And um, I discovered Joyner Lucas through that contest way before anyone knew who he was. I discovered Token through that contest, who is now like just killing it. So, and it's been like a really, really amazing opportunity, not just for me to discover new artists, but for artists to get a lot of value out of working with you at the same time. Because I was starting to kind of build my online presence working with kind of like popping independent artists, because uh, I was signed to Funk Volume. And so I was like, I had that platform. So I was just trying to give them as much valuable value as possible while discovering new talent to work with at the same time. So it's like understanding that relationship of give and take, I think is really important because most people are just like, take, take, take. What can you give me? What can I get from you? Like, how much value can you give me? You know, but no one ever thinks about, all right, what can I offer to everyone else? What can I offer to artists, to rappers, to other producers? And I think if you really understand that dynamic really well, and you try to offer more value than, than what you're getting from other people, then you're always going to be in a good position to start building and leveraging an audience.
1: Huge, huge, man. Okay, so there's a bunch in there. So as far as branding, part of it is like, okay, what's, what's unique? to you. Right. And, and not that it necessarily has to be, but it can be like, maybe your music is, is really unique, but it could be also like you, you were saying, uh, maybe it's your story, maybe it's your personality or what was super dope that you kind of snuck in there was like, it could also be your approach. Like really that's, that's a, that's an approach to, to, to marketing, right. Is, is that contest, um, which ended up, you know, being something incredible all on all in and of itself. I'm curious, do you remember like how that idea, form like how the reason why I ask is I'm just curious about the story but also like for somebody who's like okay well what can I do that's different you know was it uh that you saw that in a different industry and then tried it over here was it you know what I mean what 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 sparked that
0: um so I'm trying to remember 8 years remember. ago <laughs> uh, I think it was around the time that I joined Funk Volume and Funk Volume as a label would host these online rap contests and so I joined the team and I was like, that's dope. I like that idea. So I kind of jacked the same idea, but like from a producer, you know, directly working with the artists. Bro, that that right
1: there, I mean, I want to hear more about it. But to me, like, that's the, that's a huge gem right there. It's just like, okay you you start to approach things and you're like okay well Cato said i need i need to have something different whether if it's my music or my personality my approach my marketing something needs to be different but like how am i supposed to like pull that out of thin air and the answer is like you don't pull it out of thin air you see oh somebody's already doing this but maybe they're doing it on the artist side or they're doing it in a completely different industry or they're doing it a slightly different way and now you can just pull it in you know here and now it's something that's different and unique and that is the thing Um, that's, that's different about you, you know?
0: And you, you've done the same as a producer is like introducing the entire concept of funnels to the producer community. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't a thing, like that was never a thing. And so you kind of took that, but that it's been around for, for as long as the industry, like the internet has been around. Uh, but you took that idea and applied it to what you're doing and you're wildly successful at that. You know what I mean? So Yeah, I'm all about, I don't want to say stealing ideas, but no idea is like completely original and unique. It's just a matter of how can you take this idea and apply it to your specific circumstance and situation and turn it into something that feels new and unique. You know what I mean? So that's that's that was my philosophy. That was my idea for starting the online rap contest. And I should also say that it started out super small. Like I wasn't getting five hundred a thousand two thousand entries when I first started. I think that first year I had maybe a hundred entries, and I picked three winners out of that hundred. you know, so it right. starts really, really small. I think managing your expectations for for things is like an important part of just just life in general like yeah I I think too many people want that instant gratification and the instant results of like being successful at something but it took me many years of like failing and learning from those mistakes to actually turn it into something real and so um, yeah that was how I started the contest but it's been dope and I've been doing it ever since
1: yeah no I think that's 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 huge right there too is like you know i do see a lot of times people might they might try something right whether if it's a new approach or whatever they do it for a month you know a couple months whatever and they're like oh okay this didn't work right but it's like man like if you had if you had done that first contest from like man only 100 people and whatever you know um and gave up then it would have never turned into what it was so i think that's that's huge is like stick you know trying like knowing hey if you try something and it's and it's Complete garbage and there's no positives from it. Fine, then take the lessons and move on. But, but wi- being uh, you know willing to see like okay, I see the potential still here. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with this and keep trying these things. You know to give it a chance to be successful and not giving up before you even give it a chance to 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 really go.
0: It was a win for me, bro. When I got those hundred seventy-five or a hundred entries in, I was like, I was like, damn, I'm killing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was a win for me, and the main takeaway that I got from that was like, all right, now I know what to do better next time. And eight years later, eight different iterations of that same original concept later, it's gotten to something that is like finally big and successful. And I've discovered like all these incredible artists who have gone on to fucking get nominated for Grammys and go gold and platinum. And, you know, so it's been like, eight iterations of that same thing where it's just learning every single time and making it better. That's all it is. Big,
1: big, big jam right there. Yeah, man. Keep you got to keep doing things if you want to get good at it. Like, I mean, it's it's funny to me because I feel like, you know, as producers, like we know this, right? Like the first beat we made was, it was garbage, right? Maybe you thought it, maybe we thought it was dope at the time, maybe, but like it was garbage, right? And then the next 20 beats you made were garbage, and probably the next 100 beats you made were garbage. And then maybe you had one that was like, all right. And then the, ne- you know what I mean, right? So, like, so like we know this process as producers and, and like sticking with it and taking the time. But I feel like for whatever reason, so many times producers don't take that same mentality, that same muscle they've been flexing as as far as being problem solvers, sticking with things from that. And for whatever reason, when it comes to like marketing or, you know, some of these branding content, like they don't, you know, they give up too quick. And it's like, bro, you already have those skills, like just... Just like take that mentality over there and then you're going to crush it. And when I see producers do that, then that's that's when I see them start to crush it. When they start having fun, you know, with the entrepreneurship and marketing, just like they do with making beats, then that's that's when things, you know, take off.
0: Yeah. Know? Yeah. I don't know what it is, bro. I think if you have any thought in your head about trying to take shortcuts to get to where you want to go, it's just you're you're doomed from the beginning, from the start from the jump. Like my mentality through my entire career was always, I'm just gonna be along for the ride because I love what I'm doing. You know what I mean? I was never I was never trying to find shortcuts in, in anything. You know, I was just seeing the small progress and the little wins along the way. And that just kind of motivated me to to keep going. And so I think, again, it goes back to, I guess, managing your expectations and knowing that it's going to be a long process. But if you love what you're doing, like you're going to experience those small wins along the way, too. And if you can take that and use it for like fuel to to motivate you to keep going, then that's ultimately what gets you to that five year mark, that 10 year mark, that 15 year mark, that 20 year mark like you've been like it's. That's all it is. It's like you have enough wins to just keep you motivated and to give you that reassurance that things are working and that you're on the right path. That's all you need. You know, it's not about waking up one day and and winning a Grammy. <laughs> like <Right>. like <laughs> you got to work for that Grammy. Like you got to get there or it's selling those million records. Like it takes time, man, and as long as you love what you're doing at the end of the day, I I feel like I feel like you have more of the right mentality yeah i think that's
1: the key right there is 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 and it's corny and it's cliche whatever but yeah loving loving what you do loving the journey because like i mean i've i've never won a grammy right but like i've i've, I've accomplished some things right that that i think at one point i would have looked at and been like thought were impossible or 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 you know would have looked at other people would done that and been like man once i'm there then i'm then i'm on then i did it but like guess what guys like bad news when you win that grammy like it's gonna be cool but then you're you're still gonna be like all right what's next what's the next level i promise talk to anybody who's done that and they're gonna be you know proud of it and then it's not like you're done you know what I mean? It's always, so like, to me, it's good news and bad news, right? It's like, it's just, a, it's just the journey, like whatever, like, you know, if it, if it's a revenue goal, if it's a platinum plaque, if it's Grammy, like, it's all just, it's all just part of the journey anyways. So if you didn't like the journey, like, first of all, you're not going to stick with it long enough to get there in the first place. And if you think that's the thing that's actually going to make you happy, then you're confused. It's really the journey. Cause I know as, as uh, you know, we're, we're, we're entrepreneurs, right? Like that's what we are as, as producers, whether if we recognize it as, or, or not. Um, And I think that entrepreneur uh, personality type is like always trying to strive to do that next. That's why that's why we're crazy enough to stick with the shit, even though it's so hard and takes right because we're like we want to get to there. But the reality is like part of that is once you get to that goal, like take a minute to celebrate it, enjoy it as much as you can, because I feel like at least I'll speak for myself pretty quickly. I hit that and then it's like, all right you know, what's next? You know what I mean? But as long as like you said, you're actually enjoying the process, then that's not a bad thing. Then it's like, great. Like, cool. You hit that goal. You, you, you know, make sure you do take a minute to pat yourself on the back and enjoy it and, and just enjoy the process. And, and that's, that's kind of the important, the important piece really of, of the whole thing. All right. So we had a a couple, couple questions from, from some listeners. You down to take a couple uh quick fire questions. I'm down. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. This one's from at Denying God on Instagram, he said, uh, what's some secrets you wish you knew
0: when you were first starting? This question is always hard to answer. I feel like my answer is always different every time, <laughs> every time <laughs> I get asked this. Yeah. Honestly, I don't feel like there, there's anything that I wish I knew beforehand because it would have probably either spoiled me or made the journey less fun. You know what I mean? Right. Like, the whole fun for me has been being a part of the process of the journey. You know, that's the whole fun. Like, I'm not, I didn't do this to make a million dollars. I did this because I loved it. And so I feel like if I knew anything that I know now, it would have taken the fun out of that. That's perfect.
1: That's perfect, bro. And that ties into what we were just saying, too. It's really about the journey, anyways. 100%. All right. We got one from at produced by or prod by dan Guerra, he said she knew her producers focus on one specific type of music i make lo-fi and west coast but i like edm and trap
0: too so here's what i always say is like it's always smart I think to start with one lane, one sound or one genre at least, you know, because when I come across producers who are like, yeah, I make EDM, I make trap, I make boom bap, I make lo-fi, I make R and B, I make whatever you want, you know, then I, I end up, I listen to the music. And all of them just sound okay or mediocre. There's not one that like really jumps out and it's like, oh, this is like some dope, unique shit, you know? And I always, that's what I always listen for from a producer is like, all right, how has this sound been taken to a different level? Or how has this been flipped? How has it been, how is it doing something different than everything else that's already out there, you know? Um, and it doesn't have to be completely you know, revolutionary and different, it just has to be a little something that like, that kind of stamps it as your music, as your thing. Um, So I always say it's better to start with one sound or one genre. And then later on, when you're successful in that lane, then you can expand and like do other things. Like, for example, when Waka Flocka was coming out as as an artist, like he was very... He was like extreme – everyone knew his sound. He was like super turn up, like crump, just want to make you fucking do a drive-by on someone. You know what I mean? That was like his thing. But then once he kind of owned that lane, he was able to go into the EDM world and do like that whole thing. And now he's like expanded his brand. So, yeah, I think it's always better to start with one.
1: Smart, smart. I like that. Um, Yeah, it's like go – stop trying to be too wide and then you're, and then you're going shallow, like go deep, like get good at something. You know, it's like if you go to a restaurant and they've got like Chinese food and they've got like American food and they've got sushi and then like, you know, it's trash. <laughs> yeah. It's not right. But it's some like, some like super hip restaurant where they have like two things on the menu. I bet it's going to be amazing. Right. Like whatever, <laughs> whatever they're serving. I got uh okay. Last, last, uh, Quick fire question here from uh, my guy at Nick Severe. He says, does Locksmith write lyrics down? Um, you just you you've worked with him a little bit over over the years, right? What's what's, what's what are some of the different ways that you work with him or how did you connect with him before you?
0: So I met Lock uh, for the first time when I was on Funk Volume, I believe. OK. Um, cause he's out there in, in Oakland, I think. Yeah. He's Bay area. He's, I know him from like, they play him on
1: like KML, you know, the big hip hop station up here from, you know, back in the day. There you go. Yeah. And I was a
0: fan of Locke's like battle rap days. Like back when he used to battle rap, I actually don't know if he writes shit down cause most of our songs together have been just me sending him beats. You know, I know what type of beats he likes. And we've had success in the past with our, you know, creative chemistry, I guess. And so um, I just send him shit that I know he's going to body and he goes in and, and usually does. So I don't know if he writes this shit. I would, I would think he does, though, because it's so well articulated and thought out um, lyrically that I, I would find it really, really hard to believe that he just freestyles everything. <laughs> right, right. Um, so as
1: far as like, you know, working with artists, uh, stuff like that, what you got, you got anything coming up? I don't know, releases, projects, stuff like that, that, uh, that you're excited about?
0: Yeah, man, I've been, I've been pretty quiet for the last maybe like year or so on the music side, um, because I was so focused and we talked about this earlier, but I was so focused on like scaling the the other side of my business that I kind of just put a pause on the music, but I've been working just kind of quietly behind the scenes um, and just stacking up music. So I haven't put it out because I think I want to do it right this time. And I don't necessarily want to release it through the artist, but I want to be a part of the release process as well. You know, like I want to be the face of my music now because I feel like after 14 years, that's the logical Kind of transition for me to make as a producer, kind of like how DJ Khaled does it, you know? Uh, I want to kind of DJ Khaled my own music. So it's going to be, it's going to be the right situation. We're working on some things right now. That's going to be like the biggest thing I've ever done in my career from a music standpoint. And so once that's secured and locked in a hundred percent and the ink is dry, then. I can finally start dropping this music and and make the announcement and all that, but.
1: okay. I'm excited, I'm already excited.
0: Yeah, man, I'm I'm excited too, because the music is super, super dope, so I can't wait to share it.
1: Awesome. Man, this has been incredible. I feel like so many gems in here, like, man, I'm trying to remember. We talked about, uh, well, you broke down, you know, PROs, copywriting, all that kind of stuff. We talked about, you know, the journey as far as like, you know, starting today or starting a decade ago and, you know, what are the, what are the priorities? What should you really be focusing on? What are the distractions? Um, What else, man? We talked about, you know, branding, content, um, you know, industry versus entrepreneur and and music versus business and how those kind of go together, man, so much stuff. Um I guess just to, to wrap it all up, maybe if you can uh if you do have anything to 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 add to that, any any parting words of wisdom or at least just let the people know where uh where they can find you and, and uh you know what's the best way to connect with you.
0: Uh best way to connect with me is just on socials at Kato Producer everywhere, K A T O Producer, one word on Instagram, Twitter, uh Facebook. Yeah. I haven't gotten too heavy on like TikTok yet, so uh I'm still working on that, but anywhere you can find me, man, I'm I'm here. Love it. Love it. Man, really appreciate you taking the
1: time. I know I i enjoyed it. I know uh you know everybody watching and listening is gonna is gonna get a lot from this. So I know you're a busy man and uh just appreciate you, bro. Thank you for doing
0: it. Yeah, of course, man. Anytime. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening to the MIDI money podcast. If you're not subscribed already, please be sure to do that right now on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate it if you do me a quick favor and rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or comment and like the videos on YouTube. You know, those ratings, reviews, those comments, they all show that people are getting value, helps the algorithm and helps get this podcast out to more producers. So it means so much to me if you'd be willing to take a couple minutes to do that. Oh, and if you'd like to learn more about how I was able to turn Legion Beats into a profitable business and how you can join our community of hundreds of producers all working towards that same goal, head over to midimoney.com go.